Hello, FPL managers. Welcome to the second episode of the FPL Optimized podcast. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. I'm Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Sirtop, the data scientist. Data or grass, or data and grass, that's the question. In today's episode, we'll look back at game week 36, and we'll see if Sirtop's model gave him the right insights. We'll also answer some questions we received on Twitter, and we'll end with giving our game week 38 tips. So to start with a challenging question for you, Sirtop, and you can imagine I've been looking forward to ask you, how did your team perform? And surely your model predicted KDB's four goals whole, right? <laughs> well, it's a tough right? question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> kind of. But before I answer that question directly, I just need to mention how we do predictive modeling or forecasting in football a little bit because it will be easier to explain in detail, you know, if a model can predict a four-goal hole. As we mentioned briefly last episode, football is a low-scoring game compared to other sports like basketball, for example. So when you have a low-scoring game like football, it's it's more subject to variance or extreme outcome. So uh, suppose you, uh, so it's very similar to rolling dice. So suppose you have a single die. If you roll, you can get any numbers from one to six. But we know that if you roll the same die 100 times, and if you take the average, then it will get closer to 3.5. If you roll it 1,000 times, it will get, even closer so the variance will go down and down but if you're rolling only a single die you will be you know at least 0.5 from the true average so that's the problem with football so it's more subject to extreme outcomes like that and since football is low scoring it creates three separate problems that i can identify yeah um, let me talk about those. The first, in this case, we don't know what the true average of a player's possible returns. In this case, mm -hmm. for example, KDB, we don't know if um, or what is his true uh, average uh, scoring probability. So the way we can approximate it is by checking the historical data. Like, yeah. for example, again, if you're rolling die, you can check if you know, what's the average, or if it is an unfair or fair die, you can check past outcomes, you know, take the average and try to mm -hmm. see if there's enough evidence that it is unfair. But the second problem is, however, we don't have enough past information to reliably evaluate, you know, the outcomes in football because football players play limited games, limited minutes compared to, say, you know, baseball. So if you don't have enough data points, prediction might be way far from the true average. It can quite go quite wild in some cases. And uh, the third one is due to its low scoring nature, we need to make some assumptions on how we model outcomes or predict future events. Okay. And as far as I know, most of... Most of the popular approaches use a probability distribution called Poisson, and so that's how we model potential outcomes. Okay. All right. Well, that was a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it was a fast start. But <laughs> let's come back to the question around KDB, because oh, I feel yeah. that you're trying to avoid it. <laughs> did, you, did you pick KDB, actually? I didn't, but 
I mean, I didn't because it didn't make too much sense for my oh, team. Okay. I had Salah okay. and I. So some people picked KDB because they wanted to play for the you know variants. So they sold Salah. Yeah. Some people and got KDB, captained him. When I was yeah. checking his expected gain, he was one of the good upside players with loss of gain if you captain him because his ownership was so low and his projected mm-hmm. points was quite high. But just I will answer your question directly why I didn't pick him. So I was checking FPR reviews free model, you know, from this perspective because I knew yep. you were going to ask about KDB. And his predicted minutes was 142 out of 180 minutes for the double game week. So it's not bad as an uh, for an FPL player, but he's yeah. not nailed. So he was a little bit risky. And his average predicted points was around 10.45. So, mm-hmm. so here, see, so 10.45 is the average or predicted average. We don't know mm-hmm. the true mean. Just like, you know, 3.5 being the average in, you know, when you roll a dice. Okay. Yeah. So his average predicted goal rate was 0.65 for the predicted minutes. So I scaled mm-hmm. it linearly and it becomes 0.82. So 0.82 in this case means that in two games we were expecting mm-hmm. him to in average get 0.82 goals well assuming his goals follow the post on distribution again probability of him getting no goals was 44 percent getting okay. exactly one goal was 36 two goals 15 percent three mm-hmm. goals was four percent and four goals can you predict how was the probability of getting four goals uh less than four percent i'm sure <laughs> it was 0.83 percent so okay. if he yeah. was to play uh this game week thousand times only yeah. eight of those will end up with him scoring four goals right so yeah. i mean so you see it's not an extreme outcome it's like it's likely i mean 0.83 percent is not super low you need to know that this was a lucky outcome and his goal rate obviously changes depending on the circumstances like his position and his ability Mm -hmm. improves too but i checked his last hat trick and his last hat trick was from 2011 when he was playing in the belgian pro league wow i didn't know that okay it has been more than 10 years since he got a hat trick he had yeah. plenty of games with two goals, but the four goals, it's just, yeah. It's, yeah, the probability was quite low. That's why, yeah. and, and as an FPL player, you can't play for the extreme outcomes. It's like no. getting a lottery ticket and expecting to win every time. So you can get lucky, and that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine. That's why we play this game. It's fun. But mm-hmm. I was playing for the average, so I didn't pick him. Well, I kind of regret in hindsight, but knowing with the pre-game week information, I wouldn't have picked him anyway. So, but yeah, yeah. So my team ended with one hundred and four points on bench boost, which is not that good. And I lost some rank, and not having well De Bruyne and so on affected pretty badly. But yeah. without the bench boost, it could have been a really big disaster. Well. I'm I'm okay with the outcome, but how did your team perform? Us? Did you pick KDB with your uh, eye test? Oh, okay, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Good question. 
Uh, well, I was in kind of in the same boat, to be honest. Uh, I scored 100 points, which normally I think, you know, is not too bad. But, well, I had my bench boost and still I had a red arrow. So, of course, can't be happy with that. Normally with a bench boost, uh, you want to improve your rank. Sure. Uh, my best performers were both the city defenders, Laporte and Cancelo. Uh, especially Laporte, I was happy that I brought him in. I had a, he had a good score. And I was also happy to have Kane in my team. But uh, yeah, then Son uh, also scored uh, quite some points. So in the end, I uh, didn't gain too much with that, but at least it was good to have one of them. Uh, yeah, and the bad news came from my other defenders. Robo, Gash didn't score too much. Yeah, and I picked uh, Salah as a captain. I think I mentioned that last week, and he yeah. only scored three points. That wasn't too great either, but there were a lot of people who captained him. So yeah. I think uh, a lot of people were in the same situation. Yeah. And no, I didn't have KDB either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think from an eye test perspective, he clearly was in good form in recent weeks. <laughs> a lot of people mentioned that. But yeah. uh, there was the Champions League game where he was substituted quite early and you know he didn't play that well. So I think that created some doubts. Yeah. But for me, mostly it was a case of not being able to fit him in. Uh, even though, you know, now in hindsight, I could have uh, swapped Salah to KDB. But, you know, that's easy to say now. I think on any other day, Salah could have scored a few goals as well, as yeah. we know he can do. And, you know, that's part of the game. You you make some decisions and, yeah, that uh, you also need to just accept that yeah, uh, it doesn't always go <laughs> as you uh, think it will go. Um, and, you know, I think, well, let's see. But even by using data and analytics, I, I guess you couldn't have foreseen the big gap in points between Salah and KDB, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, the minutes plays a big role here because in Salah's case, like out of 180 minutes, he ended up playing for 108 minutes. It's quite low mm -hmm. for a player like yeah. Salah, which we yeah. think is nailed. And his average... Pro projected minutes was around 160 minutes so it was quite low but even mm -hmm. if you knew his limited minutes his goal rate i mean his underlying stats are really good it becomes 0 0.74 even if we knew how much he will play so his probability of four goals was around 0 0.6 percent so it's as yeah. you see it's you know very close and given salah's minutes his no-goal probability was 47% compared to 44% of De Bruyne. So as you see, there was just a tiny bit difference. So it didn't make too much sense to sell Salah to get De Bruyne. Most people, I assume, didn't do it just because, you know, De Bruyne is yeah. clearly better than Salah, but they wanted to play for that lucky outcome of Salah blanking. Differential. Yeah, when, which happened. And it was a heartbreaking difference, but yeah, yeah. It was really hard to predict. Oh, and that's, you know, I think it's well played because indeed, if you want to increase some rank, you you also need to make some uh, some risky moves, maybe. True. So uh, well done for the people who uh, dared to go uh, for that option. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably enough about uh, game week 36. We're uh, we're in 37 now. But yeah, that game is already happening, so there's not not much uh, we can change. Actually, there's nothing we can change about that. <laughs> I wish I uh, So let's move on to some of the Twitter questions, and then in the end, we'll still talk about uh, game week 38. 
Uh, first of all, thanks for all the great comments we received. We uh, think, yeah, we really can't complain about the attention and engagement we've been getting with our first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thanks again, and please keep the feedback coming. We'll we'll definitely consider all the comments uh, you're you're sharing with us. So first, something that has been discussed a bit in the FBL community on social media, which was about captaincy and the triple captainship as it can create a lot of variance. For example, for the people who picked KDB, as we just mentioned, uh, and the same goes for the Salah Hall earlier this season. Uh, and I think some people are saying now that, that the triple captainship should be removed. Um, so yeah, how do you think about that sort of? Yeah, triple captain and also captaincy in general is a big controversial topic, I think. And when I captained Havertz in Gaming 9 and Salah got the hall, I was thinking, yeah, maybe captaincy should be removed. <laughs> like same thing with the Salah's <laughs> hole on twenty six. Although I used like triple captain that game week, I was on yeah. the lucky side of the you know outcome. So yeah, when people were too. complaining, I was like, no way, like we need. <laughs> so, but yeah. yeah, I was following this week's discussion. I mean, obviously, De Bruyne getting thirty points was kind of like an extreme outcome in the sense that you know when you use your triple captain, you get ninety points. Uh, it changed lots of things in some mini leagues. People were, you know, trailing yep. behind, suddenly got the first place. So, well, after yeah, checking the discussions, I kind of agree with the folks who say, you know, FPL should probably keep it because it's part of the appeal of the game and it gives a reason for players who are trailing or with low, you know, overall rank to keep playing until the end. And because you can get lucky and keep climbing mm-hmm. in ranks, especially using just captaincy, not even talking about triple captaincy, but also yeah. that, that helps. And the problem, if you remove those, then FPL will become you know, more skill-based instead of more luck-based. In my opinion, FPL is more luck than skill. People will yeah. probably uh, will be against when I say this, but if you make FPL get closer to, say, like chess then people who are really good at the game will consistently win, which we kind of don't want that. I mean, FPL Towers probably don't want that because they want people to keep playing, keep engaged until end of season. And keeping yeah. millions of players engaged is difficult. If you remove triple captaincy, then you're right. reducing luck, variance, savings, depending on how you define it. Well, at that, I don't feel strongly about whether they should remove it or not. I don't think they will remove it anyway. But for mm-hmm. good decision makers, I understand the you know that bad feeling of feeling, you know, getting unlucky and getting punished for it. So they want yeah. FPL to be more skill based. I understand the the reason, but I can only recommend them to keep another like a strategy game or something on the side for game weeks like these mm-hmm. because I know it feels terrible to be on the you know bad side of the coin. Yeah. So, how about you though? Like, yeah. do you want triple captainship? Uh, yeah, actually, I quite like it. It's uh, you know, it's it's a big decision to make every season, so it's not so easy. And you know, it's great when you get it right, and of course, it's mm-hmm. not so great when you get it wrong. <laughs> but for me, I don't get to the discussion too much, to be honest. I think it's just you know part of the game, um, and and that's yeah, that's the same with many decisions you make in the game. Um, you, yeah, if you again, if you get it right, then then you can see a jump in your score, 
And um, yeah, for me, the triple captainship should just be capped. Yeah. I think it's a fun, it's a fun one. It's fun. Um, yeah. Well, then let's move to a question we received from FPL Cheva, which uh, clearly is coming from a Chevchenko fan. <laughs> uh, that reminds me, actually, I was lucky to see the real Cheva live in a Milan game once at San Siro, oh. but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> so Cheva, in this case, the FPL manager, not the football player. Or maybe do you think it's the same person? It could that, be, that, yeah. That Lots be of cool. players are playing FPL. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> but yeah, he was asking about the accuracy, the accuracy of the model and one, what kind of tweaks you're doing to it. Uh, so I think the question is about more about the prediction models. And I don't, I don't maintain the prediction model myself. I'm using an existing one. But I can guess what they are doing for you know, measuring the accuracy or at least what should, they should be doing. So when we were talking about the goal rates of the KDB in a minute ago, so that's something, for example, you can check. So what you can look at the post you know, game week is the expected goals that De Bruyne accumulated. And for that game, it was between, well, it depends on which source you are using, but in some mm -hmm. sources it was 0.9, in some others it was 1.1, but he got four goals right so he was overperforming his expected goals but just looking at the expected goal score and what what was the predicted goal rate 0.83 you see it's not that mm. different like it was really close mm. in my opinion so he got a kind of a lucky outcome but the prediction model was fine in terms of predicting the expected goal that he will accumulate. Right. And if you do yeah. it for all the players, you can check it individually or as a group of players. Like you can also check some of Manchester City's expected goal that game. It was 3.1, mm -hmm. but they right. ended up scoring five. And you can check, you know, what was the sum of all the goal rates you had. And so if, for example, if City is consistently overperforming their mm -hmm. goal prediction, then maybe your model is measuring their attack lower than its true value. So it's always right. about updating your model. So you need to mm. consistently update it. That's what 538 is doing. And so they have Premier League teams modeled their attack and defense power. And after every game, you get a piece of information. It's kind of a clue about, you know, if they're really that good or bad. So you update your model and you try to get closer so that compared to previous game weeks, the difference or the error yeah. rate will be minimized. But yeah, that's how they usually do it, I think. Okay. Yeah, and I think as you mentioned also in the first episode last week, that the, the tweaks is something you added this season compared to season one, right? And mm -hmm. that's also where the mix of using analytics and using some of your own insights or common sense come into play? True, yeah. So in my case, I was trying to tweak how I play the game uh, mm. because optimization gives you a set of moves, but and in terms of the mathematical values, there is only a little difference between some of the moves. So for example, last season, again, I was I got um, uh, Foden instead of Gundogan, and Gundogan actually kind of uh, went crazy. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> you got... I, I had Gundogan, Gundogan then. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. So, so, and I was trying to understand, you know, what went wrong there. And so, 
the feedback I got was usually about, you know, models sometimes don't know where the player will be playing. So they do mm. their best prediction about, you know, what the formation will be, especially when you lose a player like De Bruyne, you don't know, you know, what Pep will come up with. So yeah. it is good to talk with people who are familiar with the team. And like, for example, this season, a few times I had to pick a Chelsea player like Mount versus Havertz or, right. you know, which Chelsea defender to get, you know, Alonso or, you know, James. And my go-to person when it comes to picking Chelsea players is Stats Dan on Twitter. And okay. I ask his opinion every single time I'm about to buy a Chelsea player just to see if it makes sense, like in terms of okay. minutes, if he thinks they will play. Right. Uh, he's usually quite spot on on that. And that's ah. what I tweak in my you know decision-making process, like run the model, get the mathematical best, but also, you know, do a sense check. Okay. All yeah. right. So that's a shout out to Stats Dan, and he yeah. might get more questions <laughs> after today. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's take another question. Um, FPL AR07 is also working in predictive analytics. So maybe he's a colleague without us knowing about it. <laughs> possible. <Could be>. Possible. <laughs> Uh, he's asking about the type of machine learning model you're using. And actually, I was thinking, can we classify what you're doing as machine learning? Uh, what I do is optimization. I don't use machine learning directly. But when mm -hmm. you are using a projection model like uh, FBI Review or FFHub, FFSCOT, they all have their own pro projection models like they predict. Yeah. I assume they use some kind of a machine learning model. Actually, they don't explicitly tell what they use, but I know for a fact that FBI Review is using a machine learning model. He mentioned okay. it before, and I suspect others are also doing something similar. And we usually don't know what type of machine learning model they are using for the projections because, I mm. mean, it's their <laughs> secret sauce. Yeah. But uh, if I was doing it for the first time, I think that's the kind of the purpose of the question. Uh, I would probably have tried neural networks or at least gradient boosting. That will be my t first two options to try. But yeah, okay. so we don't actually know. All right. Okay. Good to know. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I'm learning something about it too. So, <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> Thanks for the question, FPL AR07. Mm -hmm. uh, the next question is for me from Ukent Person. He asked if I, as a casual manager, would use analytics if you, Sirtop, could prove that the model can provide the optimal way to playing FPL. <laughs> Great That's question. an interesting one. And I think I covered a bit last week that, you know, I'm not ignoring the data or analytics. You know, I say I'm a casual manager. I am. But at the same time, I do look at what's being said at social, on social media, for example, on Twitter. There are a lot of great content mm -hmm. producers sharing their their knowledge and their tips. I also listen to a few podcasts. Uh, but for me, the fun really is in combining my own insights with what I can learn from others. Um, you know, I'm too much of a football fan to just take the recommendations of a model and copy paste that into my team. I wouldn't have any fun with that. I wouldn't play the game in that case, I think. Um, and actually, I think that's the same for you as well, uh, right, Sir Top? Yeah. Because I think we were both coming a bit from the two extreme sides, maybe, um, where where I was more on the eye test side, moving a bit more to the data side, 
and you are from the opposite on the data side and, you know, using a bit more of your own insights. So we're kind of closely moving towards each other, but <laughs> we're still true. quite far away. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with what you're saying. It's not really fun copying, you know, someone else's team, even like copying from a model output, to mm -hmm. be honest. So if yeah. like model was giving me the, you know, optimal solution, which was winning FPL every single time, that's not a fun game, but the fun in FPL is coming from that decision-making process. So you take lots of input and you try to, you know, outsmart your, you know, fellow managers in your mini league, you know, you yeah. check what they are doing, you check social media, even though I can maximize the rate of winning FPL, it won't be too big because football is unpredictable and outcomes are extreme. Like, like Deborah and he's talked so many times today, but for my own opinion, I would like to stay close to optimal. So I usually generate mm -hmm. top 20 moves using a variety of different metrics and pick one among them, you know, as okay. I mentioned. Yep. His question is great. I think uh, that's what all FBL managers should think a bit because I see lots of people are against using models mm. or projection models. And mm -hmm. the question is if, if someone can actually prove you mathematically that it's the best way to play, or at least, you know, one of those 20 options, would mm -hmm. you at least try to play closer to it? Because even in the, like the analytics account in FBL Twitter nowadays, I know they play close to optimal, but okay. no one is actually copying and pasting solution okay. from a model. So, but the, yeah, for casual managers, I should say, if there is an edge to gain there. Would you do it? Mm -hmm. No, that's true. And we talked about it last week as well. And true. yeah, I think the information you're sharing on fploptimize.com is really great. Also for casual managers like myself, you know, there's always something mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. to find on there. Um, all right, well, let's move on to the last question from Twitter. This one is from Rocket J Squirrel. So that's an interesting name. <laughs> and also an interesting question about the difference between variance and luck because he says FPL managers often complain about being the victim of variance, but aren't they just talking about being unlucky? So what do you make of that, Surtal? Um, well, we, yeah, we call it negative variance between the FPL managers, uh, but essentially it's being unlucky. It's like you're rolling the dice or, mm. you know, tossing a coin. Like, as I mentioned, Salah's blank, the chance yeah. of blanking was 47%. So if it happens, I mean, it is a likely outcome, of course, but it is, if your captain blanks consecutively three game weeks, then, you know, it's not really enough to say I was unlucky. It feels like you need to say something different. Yeah. And negative That's variance true. is a funny play on words. I, I love the term, but yes, it's they're simply being unlucky because you are yeah. you can make good decisions, but still get, you know, burned by the outcomes. Yeah, that's a good one. And you often see that on Twitter as well. If people had a bad game week and they say, you know, you still made the right decisions. You were just unlucky. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, those were the Twitter questions. Again, thanks a lot for sending those in. Uh, and we'll move to the final part of today's episode as we'll talk about the final game week. Game week 38. Yes, almost <laughs> there. Uh, it's the final opportunity to gain rank, and to achieve it, you might want to consider getting some differentials in your team. 
so Surtop, I mentioned fplptimize.com and one of the features I really love about the website is how it shows the best teams to select. Mm -hmm. For example, you have a best lineup there to have the strongest possible starting 11, or you also have the best differential squad. So maybe for this episode, as people are thinking about their Game Week 38 team, shall we maybe look at those two teams from your site and share some of the player names? Uh, I'm sure it could help some of the people mm -hmm. listening to the podcast. Sure, yeah. Let me go over the best lineup combination quickly, mm -hmm. or at least summarize it, because, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I update those. Uh, I should mention that I update those squads every six hours based on, you know, how the projection data changes. Wow. So if okay. you check it today, it might be different tomorrow. But okay. it looks like a good week for midfielders, uh, for mm -hmm. the ultimate team, where I don't apply any budget limit or any team limit, pick limit. Mm -hmm. I see that Mount, Mane... De Bruyne, Foden, and Son are top midfield choices this game week in the yeah. ultimate team, and Son is leading the pack among them. Okay. And uh, if you have a limited budget, I believe Saka and Mount is also are viable options. And mm -hmm. well, to be honest, Kane and Son captaincy will be interesting choice because Kane has yeah. a pretty good projection too. It's so close. I checked both the free and the premium model from FBI Review. They are just neck to neck and besides that uh, City, Liverpool, Chelsea they all have as we know like good defense and they have very favorable fixtures this last game week and yeah. so I see defenders in the optimal free hit team like two from each, each of those so if you can afford okay. it this is pretty good yeah that's a good point and it's interesting that you mentioned Saka because I think that's where uh, the difference between the data and the eye test comes in. Uh, if we saw Arsenal yesterday against Newcastle, you know, they weren't that good. Yeah. And uh, I think in, in general, Arsenal had a bit of a season full of ups and downs. True. So I wouldn't myself go for Saka now, even though I can understand he looks like an interesting pick. And, you know, Arsenal have to win, basically, to still have a chance for Champions League. So, yeah, there could indeed be reasons to go for him. Yeah. But it didn't give me too much confidence how they yeah, played I mean, yesterday. He's, he's very cheap. I mean, that's the best part yeah, about him. And his true. underlyings are not that bad. So Okay, yeah. good point. All right, well, you talked about the best players to own. Um, so what can you say about your own plan for Game Week 38? So I haven't decided yet, but I think I will be selling Coutinho and get either Foden or Mount. I think oh, okay. those are my yeah. optimal moves, it looks like. So, yeah. And I was also checking some plans if to see if I can bring Kane. Obviously, I need to take a hit for it. And Brownhill might be a good combination to buy him together with. And I, I need to sell Watkins, I think, for it. But yeah, my lineup projection looks pretty good with 70 points if I get Foden. And optimal free hit team is around 75 points. Oh, so I'm, okay. I'm close in terms of the outcome. But... Uh, as I mentioned, City, Liverpool, Chelsea has favorable fixtures and I will go big in defense with two Liverpool, two Chelsea and two City, you know, goalkeeper, defender together, like six players from those two, those three okay. teams. But yeah, what, what are you planning for the last game week? Yeah, well, I still have my second free hit left and uh, listening to you now with, with not so much difference between your team and the optimal free hit. Mm -hmm. uh, it will be difficult to, uh, to to gain some rank, 
But yeah, I decided to save it as my team was looking decent for game week 37. Mm -hmm. And with several Villa and Everton players, it was not in the best shape for game week 38. Um, And I thought it would also be a good week um, to to own players who still have something to play for. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also seen that, I think, from uh, previous seasons. There can be some quite big scores in the final game week. Of course, it will be difficult to pick the right players uh, yeah. before uh, the games are played. But, you know, that that's the fun and that's the challenge. Yeah, so in my free hit team, I'll mainly target players from City, Liverpool, Spurs. And I'll probably f- will fit in some, some players from Chelsea and Leicester as well, as they have good fixtures. So, yeah, my team might not be too different versus what many other people have. But it does give me the flexibility to consider some differentials, <laughs> uh, like Mane, who still only own 4%. I think it will probably go up if Salah is injured and, and more people might make that move. Um, I'm also considering Sessegnon from Spurs, who's still cheap. He's in form and he's not even 1% owned. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't make up my mind yet. But if anyone else is using free it and would like to exchange ideas, you know, let's connect on Twitter. <laughs> happy to uh, happy to share some thoughts on that. <laughs> um, yeah, and as always, a key differentiator this week could be the captain selection. Um, yeah. But what is the model saying about a third up? Yeah, as I mentioned, Kane and Son looks like the best captaincy choices, and mm. I'm sure lots of people will be bringing them in too. I mean, their 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 fixture is the best of in the entire season now. Yeah. And just following projected points, I see Chelsea defenders, but there's a big gap, like 1.5 points between, you know, Kane Son and other players. So, okay. if you want to play it safe, I will probably stick with this first player, probably Kane, if I'm in on a free hit, if I was using my free hit. But, if you are looking for a differential, and, like, if you think probably Kane's ownership will be quite high. So, if mm. you want to take some risk, Mane, as you mentioned, De Bruyne is still mm owned very low and Foden interestingly yeah. they're not heavily owned with great projections for the last game week so well we know City okay. can score lots of goals so why not interesting yeah, yeah. thinking about it mm-hmm. could be difficult to fit them all in Mane, De Bruyne, Kane <laughs> I'll see if that can work out yeah I mean, <laughs> still have to do some uh, some puzzle with that <laughs> all True. right but that's for everyone some big decisions to be made this game week uh, good luck everyone And uh, thanks for listening to our podcast again. Even though the season will be over after this weekend, we'll likely be back with a few podcasts uh, during summer, talking about uh, how analytics can be used in FPL and how the eye test can still play an important role as well. So don't hesitate to send in any other questions. We'll be happy to answer those in in the next episode. You can find Sirtalm and me on Twitter. We're both using our own names. That's uh, Sirtalp Bilal. Uh, at mention in front of it and for me it's at BalfiBB so that's on Twitter um, you can also find that information in, in our podcast notes uh, so follow us to know when our next episode is out uh, just subscribe to the podcast in the podcast player that's also a possibility and as mentioned if you have any other questions just let us know we'll be happy to uh, to tackle those in the, in the next episode so thanks again wishing everyone green arrows in Game Week 38 